Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of The Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links, including the email, will also be in the description. So we will jump in right into Halo Infinite multiplayer. I know I kind of mentioned or just kind of talked about my love for this game and just how wonderful this experience has been so far. It's been such a great game. Just the feel, the, the gameplay, playing it with my friends who have, some of them have played Halo in the past and some of them have not played Halo in the past and all of them are just having such a blast, such a good time. And does kind of remind me of playing uh, when I used to play Halo 3. I should mainly play Halo 3 in-person co-op. Like I wouldn't really go online, mainly because the just the infrastructure that I had growing up, you know, it was playing online was kind of tough uh, where I was. So we would always kind of just go to someone's place, especially because it was just easier as well. I, I feel like we kind of enjoy that more. That's just kind of my opinion, I guess. We kind of like that split screen co-op and split screen kind of battle a battling thing a lot more. So we would kind of play Halo 3 together. It'll be like uh, 2v2 or free for all. And it'll be like on that on the biggest map. I forgot the name of the map. It was like the biggest map in Halo 3. And obviously, you know, everyone's screen cheating a little bit, but it was just so, it was just so fun because we we're just trying to like mess around and have a great time. And I feel like this is kind of revitalized that even though it's all online, like when I'm playing with friends, all of us get into the game. Like we don't get into this into other games like Call of Duty Vanguard or even Battlefield. Like I feel like we never got into those games like the way we get into Halo because it, with Halo, it always feels like everything you do kind of matters. Even if you're losing, it's like everything you do kind of matters and you still kind of go, go back and say, you know what, we, like, that's, it's okay, we lost, we'll get better. And it's just like this camaraderie that I feel like I haven't felt in a lot of multiplayer games in the past since Halo 3. So I'm really having a great time. Of course, the thing that we want to talk about or we should be talking about is the progression issues that see, still seem to be an issue with this game. I know that 343 kind of implemented this this thing where every game, after you complete a game, you'll get 50 XP, which is great, which is fine. Um, the It takes 1,000 XP to basically level up once. So, you know, 50 XP, 1,000, you know, that's like 20, 200 games, 20 games. Uh, just my math is all over the place, but 20 games to kind of get to that point, right? Which is a lot, like not everyone has that time and that's one level. And you can obviously get XP boost, stuff like that. But again, like you might not get XP boost. You have to kind of get to like a certain level to be able to get XP boost, stuff like that. So I know they've extended the whole season thing until May. So, you know, there's a lot of time, there's like a, a big chunk of time to get there. So I guess for them, they're kind of extending it that way. Uh, but I was talking to a friend of mine and both of us kind of said the same thing that like, Actually, he kind of brought it up initially, and I I definitely agreed with him. And I was like, "Yep, this actually makes more sense." Is you know, we we pay for the battle pass, and you know, obviously to kind of get those cool cosmetics if you complete the battle pass. For anyone that doesn't know how battle pass system works, the idea is that you basically pay ten fifteen dollars to essentially be able to access this thing called a battle pass, and 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 basically as you level up the battle pass in Halo Infinite's case by completing challenges. 
when you reach a certain level, you get cosmetics, you get cool items, right? And the idea is to get to level 100, which has a bunch of cool items along the way. And the level 100 one is essentially the ultimate item. It's, it's not, it's, I think it's just like the fiery head or something like that. It's not like something ridiculously cool, but it is cool. And it's something that it's just progression, right? It gives you a, a, a sense of, okay, I'm making my way there. And that's the whole point of the battle pass. So obviously like that's kind of like, the battle pass in terms of you know obviously I, I took like a second to kind of describe what it what it is in halo's case obviously the biggest issue right now is that it is tied to your challenges so basically you need to essentially do weird challenges like get 10 assists or get specific kills with a specific weapon which of course is you know not the greatest so what we were kind of discussing was that if I'm able to essentially pay for the battle pass, $12, $15 or whatever. And they say, yeah, this this season is, you know, three or four months long. You have four months to complete this battle pass, essentially. And we are able to complete this battle pass in, let's say, uh, 20 hours of game time. Let's just say that, right? Let's, I'm just going to use an example of that. 20 hours of game time. What that does to me is, first of all, I know that I can complete these battle passes within 20 hours and get these cool items. At the same time, once I'm kind of at that point and I have all these cool items, you know, it's, it's wanting me to kind of keep playing. And even if like, I, I, I get like how, how some people might have that thought process of, okay, you're not getting anything anymore. So you might not want to play like that's fine. But when the new battle pass rolls around, I know that if I pay money and go to the battle pass, I'll be able to complete that battle pass and get my money's worth. If that makes sense. The idea that you can actually complete a battle pass in a reasonable amount of time for, you know, a majority of people that are playing this game are people, you know, who are working, who have other things happening in their lives. If I know that I can complete a battle pass, I will spend the money. On top of that, once I'm done with the battle pass, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to spend money on the cosmetic store. I might just be like, you know what? I got all these cool items and that looks cool. I might jump into that because I've paid money for this battle pass and it's taking me forever to kind of get to the top, get to the end. I'm like thinking my brain, I'm like, okay, this $15, $20 that I spent is basically going to waste in all honesty. It's just going to waste because I have no clue if I'll ever reach, reach the end of this because just because of the way the XP progression thing works right now. And then the next time a season pass rolls around, I'm going to be talking to my friends and myself and like this kind of inner thought in a way of thinking about this and saying that, okay, if I get the battle pass, will it be worth it? Will it be worth it to pay that money and just not get to the end? Will I be okay if I get to level 30 and get that thing that's at level 30? That's kind of what I would have to think at that point. And, and my, I might just say, you know what? No, I'm just going to leave it. I'm not going to get the battle pass anymore. If there's a cool item in the future, I might just buy that directly, which for them, maybe for three, four, three money wise, they're like, yeah, like, you know what? Pay $50 here or pay $50 an item. I, I don't usually do that either way. I'm just, I'm just going to giving examples for them. It might be, yeah, that's fine. Just as long as you're spending money, but like it obviously leaves a, a sour taste, you know, it'll, it'll make me more likely to say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. I need to play Final Fantasy 14. I need to play Cyberpunk. I need to play Deathloop. Like, I, I, it's just easier for me to step back and maybe jump in once in a while when my friends are playing and like just kind of step out and just play something else because I like I want a game where I'm able to kind of come in on my own and play because I know I'm progressing. If it's just to play with my friends, at that point, I'll just be like, yep, like I'm just going to wait to jump in with my friends. And at that point, I'll probably not be spending any money because I'm just jumping in to play with my friends. So just something that I thought, I don't know what you all think, um, what your experience is with this game so far. Uh, but, you know, this this is a good idea. And, you know, 
like the, the one of my friends who's related to this game like I am, both of us kind of agree that something needs to be changed. Um, another friend of mine hasn't really jumped on the Battle Pass uh, bandwagon just yet. He's contemplating it, but I think seeing what's happening right now and seeing with what is happening with the, I, I think it's called the Fractured event where you get this really cool samurai armor. And the idea is that it's, you have to like, again, level up up to level 30 and it's even worse for this one. In this one, you have to get you have you have to get specific challenges so you can level up this separate free battle pass of sorts where you can get like this really cool samurai like Japanese themed armor, right? And you'll you'll be like, okay, that's fine. It's a separate separate battle pass and separate challenges. That's fine. But those challenges come randomly, so you have to complete the other challenges, and then the next challenge that might pop up there might be a challenge that adds to this specific battle pass. And I know it sounds confusing. I confused myself as I was saying this to you right now. And I'm like, I, I would definitely recommend, you know, even watching a YouTube video that kind of goes more in depth with it. But that's kind of how it is. It's really weird. It's based, and you know what? Like for the level, for, for us leveling up to level 30, you might be like, you know what? 30 levels is a lot less than 100 levels. And fine, you might have to go through a bunch of challenges and then you might get the right challenge to be able to progress in that battle pass. That's not too bad, Aman. The problem is that this specific event is only for one week. It's literally a week and they'll do the same event again in January and then the same one again, I think in March. They do it every two months for some reason, for a week only, so three weeks in total. And to me, that again, makes no sense. This is just kind of getting you to open up your wallet and say, you know what, let me just get all these 30 levels and progress so that I can at least get all this stuff. And that's not okay. From everything that 343 had promised us, and I, I do need to like stress that the game is amazing. The game is literally, I like I mentioned before, it is arguably one of my favorite games of this year. If I would solely base my game of the year on a multiplayer game, it would be this. And even then it's still like in my top five easily, if not the top three. I feel like I keep battling between those two, but it is a great, great game. I just wish this was fixed. And I feel like I wouldn't mind this as much if 343 hadn't done this whole we're all for the consumers, you know, the whole kind of marketing thing that we're doing, that they're doing with Microsoft and, and Xbox and everything. We're all about the players. They are listening to feedback. It's not, it's not like they're not listening to feedback, but because these changes, like the way they were able to put a 50 XP thing immediately, you know, the way, the fact that they're not improving that in any way tells me that they're waiting for the end of the season to be able to rack up as much money as they can. It's just, it's sometimes it's just business, right? And maybe in season two, they might make it a little better, but not amazingly better, not the way you would want it to be. I could be wrong. I, I hope I'm proven wrong, but you know, this is just kind of my thought. Let me know what you all think. Let me know how you're progressing in this game if you are even trying to do that. The next thing I quickly want to talk about is because any of you PlayStation owners, especially the ones that have bought the PS5, I feel like this might be quite a value to you. There, there was a PS Plus leak in terms of the new PS Plus games that are coming out. And one of those games, is Godfall. The other game is, I think, Mortal Shell and Lego DC Supervillain, something like that. Both of those two look pretty cool too. But I think Godfall is a bigger one just because this was like a PS5 launch game. It looked really good, but it got okay reviews. I think it was, it was, think, think Rise Son of Rome for the Xbox One. And basically this is, you know, PS5 version. That, that game is essentially PS5 version of that. It's basically a very pretty game. Looks cool. Hack and Slash. A little bit focused on loot and stuff like that but again it was full price not even full price it was 70 usd 
So not many people want to jump on. And obviously a year later, it's coming out on PS Plus, which is great. I think this, I will definitely check this out. I don't know if I love it. Who knows? Because I've seen actually, like I was just kind of scouring through, through Reddit and everything like that. And it seems like a lot of people do really enjoy it, especially if you play it with friends. And this being on PS Plus is great. I think that will get a lot more people in. Same with, you know, what happened with Rocket League, with Fall Guys, stuff like that. So I can definitely see this game getting a lot and a lot of people into it. But yeah, like I just kind of wanted to bring that up for any PlayStation owners looking for their next set of PS Plus games. Quickly, I wanted to jump in because there's obviously a big topic of, of this specific episode that I want to get to. So, but I, I will get to that towards the end. But obviously, I quickly want to talk about Xbox Game Studios and specifically Obsidian and Compulsion and then them both working on interesting games based on leaks and everything that are coming out. I think Compulsion's game is called Project Midnight. And Obsidian's game is called Pentiment. Pentiment. I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm, I could be wrong. This is coming out from Jez Gordon. I, I believe he's works at Windows Central, so he's a very reliable source. And he's kind of le- leaked a lot of stuff. And I think Jeff Grubb as well, who works at VentureBeat as well, who has a great podcast and stuff. He kind of goes into this too. But the idea is that both of them are like very, you know, narrative heavy games. I, I think Obsidian's game is kind of more it's, it's more of a shorter i wouldn't say it's like outer worlds but from my understanding it's like it's like a very focused single player experience and it's like you know aiming for like that 10 to 12 hour range and yeah like it's supposed to be like a really cool story i didn't really go too into detail in terms of what they were kind of looking at i could actually you know what i could be wrong i think that could be compulsion's game so compulsion is the the, the studio that made we happy few which looked like the new Bioshock game, but it did not take the world by storm. And I think it, it got like okay reviews and it looked interesting. I still feel like people should, you know, check that out. But yeah, Compulsion's game is Midnight. And yeah, that's kind of supposed to be like a single player focus experience. And it makes sense based on what they did with We Happy Few. Um, in terms of, you know, Obsidian and stuff like that, it's supposed to be like with their game Pentiment, it's supposed to be a European, you know, murder mystery game, which is sounds awesome. And if it's like, you know, their version of Sherlock Holmes in a sense, and it's like a 10 hour, 12 hour um, single player puzzle based experience, like, you know, that sort of an experience, I think that would be awesome. That would sound really cool. And from what I can understand is that Obsidian's game is apparently aiming for 2022, which is just amazing. And I could totally see a reveal coming for this really, really soon as well. But I'm, you know, pretty excited. Just, I just kind of wanted to bring that because you know, Xbox has really got me excited recently, especially with Forza and with Halo. And, you know, now I can see, with obviously with Psychonauts 2 as well, which is like one of my game of the years. So, you know, I can see these studios that have done a great job. And now that they're under Xbox's umbrella, I'm I'm like super excited. I'm just like, oh my God, what is Xbox doing now, right? And just hearing about these two and the fact that they're kind of going away from, you know, what they would, these both of these studios would normally do. Obsidian is mainly known for, their RPGs and Compulsion has really done that that kind of, you know, uh, not, I, I wouldn't say narrative experience, more of like, an, more of this like immersive sim experience, I guess. And, you know, Compulsion is kind of going more of this narrative route. Again, like I could be completely wrong and they're, you know, sticking to their guns and doing what they're, what they're known for. But like, from what I can tell is they're trying to branch out, trying to try making smaller type, smaller games, you know, kind of like almost like Miles Morales with spider-man and insomniac it's a smaller game but it does the job and it's fun and it gets people in in there and i think this will be great i think this will be a great way to kind of bolster the game pass lineup because 
Starfield's already coming out next year, right? Other than that, we don't know a lot. I know there's stuff like Stalker 2 that's coming out, and I think that's a third. It's, it's, it's going to be coming out on PlayStation at some point. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about Game Studio, Xbox Game Studio specifically. And these two games, if they do come out next year, it's already awesome. I already know. I can already tell that like Xbox has so much ready to come, and we'll definitely discuss what what I think about that with um with the game awards and the things that I feel like will be announced there. But for any you know Xbox fans out there, next year looks really bright, and the years following that look really bright. Like I think it's gonna be an awesome generation. You know, I know Xbox One was a, a little bit down that way, but this next generation is. It's going to be on par with Sony from what I can tell. It's going to be, obviously, let's not look at sales because, you know, sales is just, you know, we just see that PS5 is kind of going back to that PS4 v Xbox One era of things where it was kind of two to one and it just kind of stayed like that for the rest of the generation. But like for me, like I'm just looking at this as a gamer and as someone that, you know, wants to tell you about amazing and wonderful games and what they can kind of do and the, 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 the art form itself. And I feel like, if you're an Xbox gamer, you will be getting amazing narrative experiences similar to what we have seen on the Sony side. And I'm sure that was, you know, a lot of a lot of gamers have always kind of brought up that Sony kind of comes up with these games, whereas the Xbox's version of those, uh, you know, obviously my thing right now, the counter argument is, I mean, look at Forza and look at Halo Infinite. There's no Halo Infinite for PlayStation. There's no first person game that people just gravitate to and love the way people are loving Halo Infinite obviously progression issues aside. Similarly, they don't have a Forza Horizon 5, right? They don't have this open world, amazing RPG-ish like racing game. I know they have Gran Turismo, which is a simulation-based racing game, but they don't have a Forza Horizon 5 that will get everyone, including myself, playing. Whereas Gran Turismo has its own player base, which is great, but it's not something where I will be jumping in because it's too serious. You know, it's too simulation-based. I need... Something like Forza Horizon 5, which is simulation-based, but also fun and has amazing music and amazing vibes. And like I think, you know, like that's something that Sony's obviously missing as well. So on over time we'll also see Xbox coming up with games that compete with God of War, with Horizons, with The Last of Us. So I think, you know, next few years look really, really good. Obviously, we'll jump right into the main topic of this episode, which is what reveals should we expect? At the game awards so the game awards are happening on december 9th literally one day after halo infinite's campaign launch uh, i mean obviously everyone's going to be playing halo infinite either way but it's all, you know it was just an interesting time i wish i wish um the game awards like the 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 panel behind the people who the selection committee the ones that decide the winners and the nominees i wish they were given a bigger chunk of the halo infinite campaign beforehand so that they could kind of put that in there if it deserved it you know i just feel like halo is being snubbed and next year who knows right look at look at what's happening with cyberpunk 2077 like even though people will love halo i just don't know if it will pop up next year it could like super smash brothers but i just feel like this is halo's time and you know it should have been getting it should have been given the the right kind of love for that but either way in terms of reveals i'm gonna kind of go based off of you know just kind of going through companies or publishers and, and whatnot and like two of them will be like ones that I feel like will happen. And third will be like, nah, this is maybe, but I, I hope it happens. We'll start off with Sony and PlayStation. One thing I, I feel like we'll see is the Last of Us definitive, definitive Edition or Factions or both. I feel like that will be 
a, a key thing right now, especially with the Last of Us show coming out next year, them announcing this, showing what the original Last of Us looks like, maybe adding the factions thing as well. So this might be, you know, Sony's entry into the multiplayer space, finally, in a sense. And, you know, it kind of ties to the Last of Us story, which is based off of the first game. So it kind of makes sense, you know. So I think that would be perfect. And I feel like that's a very, very strong likelihood because Naughty Dog does like to show stuff at the Game Awards. Um, the second thing will be Bloodborne 2 announcement. I feel like this will be the time I think Bloodborne 2 will be announced. And I don't know if From Software will be working on it. I can't, I'm not 100% sure about that. It'll literally just be a logo with the company or the development studio that's working behind it. And then they'll kind of announce Bloodborne Remastered coming whatever time on PC and PS5. And that's probably being done by Bluepoint Games. So that's another one that I feel like will happen, right? I don't know. I just feel like it's time. It's time. Everyone's wanting a Bloodborne game, especially remasters. Like, just, just do it at this point. The third thing I think, this is, I, I don't know. Is this going to be tough just because of the way Sony handles these things? But God of Ragnarok will have a trailer and a release date. I think now they will kind of start putting in those dates in everyone's minds of, we have Horizon in Feb, we have Gran Turismo in March, we have God of War in April or May or June. I feel like at that point, they'll just go to September. But who knows? It's, it's God of War, right? God of War can fit in anywhere. But I think those three are definite things, plus sort of a possibility with God of War that, that might we might see on the Sony side. On the Xbox side, I think we'll see Hellblade 2 again. We'll see a trailer and prop, maybe some gameplay this time around and hopefully a release date for next year. I think they, I think we can see a release date for next year and, and same with as, as with Sony. I think Xbox will start to kind of work in those dates and say, all right, be excited. Halo was this year. Next year we have these games coming out and you should be excited to try and find an Xbox if you have any around you. The other one will be Starfield. Definitely, I, I can definitely see Starfield because we already know the release date. They did that like way back. But we hadn't seen barely, we barely saw any gameplay. It was like a teaser. So I think this time around, we'll see some gameplay and it will like, it will wow us. I think they're they're saving it so that people can see that, oh, everyone makes fun of the Skyrim engine. Everyone makes fun of the Fallout engine. I think they're the same engine, but everyone makes fun of this engine and everything like that. But here, look at Starfield. Look at what it looks like. Look at the animation and stuff like that. I think this is their, this is their time to shine. Alongside this, I can easily see them saying, by the way, Fallout New Vegas is being remastered from the ground up or whatever, and it's being re-released and, you know, it's part of Game Pass and all that stuff is being re-released early next year. I think it's, I think it'll be perfect because, you know, Skyrim has been remastered and redone a hundred thousand times at this point. I feel like Fallout is the one that's kind of being left behind that way. Um, I can see them doing Fallout 3 and New Vegas. I can also just see, see them doing just one of those. But it will be a great way to get a whole new generation, a bunch of new people that always wanted to get into this. But, you know, maybe you just don't like the resolution. Maybe you just don't like how it looks. And, you know, just get them into this amazing world that people like just love. I mean, Fallout is one of the most beloved franchises out there right now. So with that, we can move on to uh, Nintendo. Nintendo, I can see a Breath of the Wild 2 tease again. I would want a i wouldn't want to release it i think this will be like my pie in the sky kind of a thing that hey maybe if this happens it'll be great but i can definitely see them just doing a tease then this, i think this should be a lock at this point i think metroid prime 4 will first be announced again like just they'll just show a trailer with more of a proper release date or like a release timing of like oh 2022 or spring 2022 something like that 
and then they'll they'll announce Metroid Prime trilogy or a Metroid Prime one remaster, and that that's coming out you know early next year. I can definitely see Nintendo saying, okay, we need to kind of put these games out, and we need to get all people like hyped up again because this year was kind of light on the Nintendo side, uh, even though Nintendo's still you know selling like crazy. It was still kind of light, and I can easily see with with Metroid Dread doing so well that they would want to take advantage of that and just kind of jump on that and say, you know what, Metroid Dread just got announced, just got you know nominated for Game of the Year. Let's bring in Metroid Prime Trilogy. Let's announce it. Let's bring in Metroid Prime Four. Tell people to be excited. All the new people that got into Metroid, look at more Metroid coming your way now. So then we can go on to you know other publishers like EA and all that stuff. So with EA. I feel like they'll do either a Bioware game because they did that last time. They announced, you know, Dragon Age 4. They didn't really show much. I can see them doing that again and giving us more details because I feel like that is close to completion. I feel like that should be coming out soon. Or I can see them doing Jedi Fallen Order 2 just because everyone loved the first game. Everyone loves Respawn. It's time, right? I feel like we we waited. It's been it's been like two years now. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? Three years to make a new one, especially if they just kind of rework the engine. They'll probably release it on Xbox One and PS Four as well. So I can see them. I can see them easily saying that, yeah, like we'll just we'll just kind of release another one and hopefully, right? I, I don't know. I'm I'm just hoping here, but I can I can definitely see Dragon Age Four also kind of coming in there, maybe with some gameplay, maybe with a release date. Who knows? EA does need to kind of start, you know, working in these games because Battlefield is not doing well right now, and I'm sure they did not expect that to be happening. Um, if Battlefield was doing well, you know, that would have bought them some time to kind of work on these other games. But now they're like, you know what? No, we need to announce these games. Even if they're, these games are far away, they need to start talking about them because people are, other than FIFA and, and the sports games, people are not excited for EA games right now. The next one will be from Ubisoft. Um, I think Prince of Persia will get reannounced, the Sands of Time remaster, and they'll probably give us a release date. You know, nothing more to be said there. I don't think I don't think Ubisoft has any other things kind of hidden at the moment. Maybe it's going to sell, but I, I doubt they would announce that here. They'll probably save that for their E3 next year. The other one will be from Capcom, Resident Evil 4. I can totally see them doing a a remake trailer because I think it was already announced that they're doing a remake. And they'll probably like announce it or re-announce it again. Maybe show a little bit of stuff here and then say, here's the release date. They've been pretty good about releasing like a new Resident Evil of sorts every year or so. We had Resident Evil 2 remake then. Resident Evil 3 remake, then we had Resident Evil Village. So I, I can totally see them saying, all right, here we go, Resident Evil 4 remake coming out next year. So I'll be excited for that. I'm pretty excited for that. I'm looking forward to playing Resident Evil 4 remake because I've never played Resident Evil 4. So uh, I'm, and I'm like a you know newish Resident Evil fan that way. This one, I think, I feel like something will happen. I don't know if these are the games that will be announced by this developer, but Kojima Production will definitely be there. Hideo Kojima and Jeff Keeler are really good friends. I feel like they'll definitely announce something. I don't know if this will be the game that um, that Kojima is working on with Microsoft, if this will be that game. But the thing that I think is more likely is them announcing a Sand Hill remake or Metal Gear Solid remake. I think it's like time. I think these rumors have been floating around for too long with a lot of sources kind of bringing up the same thing again and again. And the way we saw with Halo Infinite with the multiplayer reveal, you know, when there's so much coming out again and again and again, it's, it's, it's there, something's happening. So I can totally see, you know, Sony having, you know, having some relationship with Konami and saying, okay, we're going to do a Metal Gear Solid remake. We're going to, you know, get these IPs from you. We'll, we'll kind of license it out from you. We'll make the game. It'll be a PlayStation exclusive. Kojima and his team will work on it. And then obviously you'll get the money from this as well, right? 
And I can easily see Konami agreeing to that, especially with the way eFootball is doing right now. So I think this will be pretty exciting because I love Metal Gear Solid 4 and 5 and Revengeance. And I never played Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, or 3. And I know you need to kind of play all those games to understand the story. And, and Peace Walker as well. So I, I don't know the story that well. I had to kind of just watch a YouTube video. So it'll be great for me to be able to play Metal Gear Solid from the start. At the same time, I love horror games. Silent Hill will be awesome. I mean, PT was just amazing. Realms, definitely, I think we can see them announcing Injustice 3. Like, it's time. They're, they're on a pretty regular, like, kind of setup with a new fighting game coming out every two years or so. Um, I think I think it's been, yeah, no, it's been, has it been two years since? Yeah, I think it's it, the, uh, my, my Mortal Kombat 11 came out in 2019, I believe, actually. I, it might have been 2020. I could be wrong. But it, it seems like it's been a while, and I think this is the time to announce Injustice 3, which it just makes sense, right? Like, Mortal Kombat 11... Then we get Injustice 3. I think that'll be fun. I love these fighting games. I love NetherRealm Studios. So I'm really excited for this. And the final thing I think, I think this the, this is what the thing might, they, they might actually close the show with. Actually, they might close the show with Kojima's game. That seems more likely, but this is like in my brain of like how it would close the show is Final Fantasy 16. I mean, 14 has been doing so well. There are more and more Final Fantasy fans out there now. They could probably, you know, reshow a Final Fantasy 16 trailer with some more details more gameplay, and then, you know, release date, like maybe June something. And obviously PlayStation exclusive, all that stuff. And I think that'll be, that'll be a pretty cool way to close the show because I think this is this is like the right time. This is the right time to be a Final Fantasy fan just because it's just been blowing up. And in December, the Endwalker um, expansion will also be coming out, you know, so people are already hyped. People are in Final Fantasy. And then the, the team that worked on the Final Fantasy 14 online, which is so huge, they're the ones that are working on Final Fantasy 16. So I can see them seeing, you know, like, hey, look at this. Look, we, you love our game. You love Final Fantasy XIV. You love the expansions. You love the story. And like Final Fantasy XIV's story, like the expansion stories, are touted as being the best Final Fantasy stories like ever, you know, of all the games. So, you know, th them telling us that you loved our stories. You loved our Final Fantasy world that we created in, in that game. We're going to make a full, solely, you know, focused game. Not, not, uh, not an MMO or anything like that. Just start to finish game and it's called Final Fantasy 16 and it's coming out next year. I think that'll be the perfect way to get everyone in. I'll be excited. You know, I've, I've only played a few Final Fantasy games like Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I played Final Fantasy 15. I've played Final Fantasy 13 and, and 13 too. I played a little bit, but 13 mainly. And I played Final Fantasy X. So or Final Fantasy 10 basically. So I've, I haven't like really, you know, gone through all of them in a way and I do really enjoy them. And, you know, but now I'm, I'm more like, I'm so excited for anything Final Fantasy related. So we'll end the show there. I know we didn't get a chance to go through the games that I've been playing, but I'll definitely kind of make sure to kind of make some time for that next time. Uh, there's just so many new stories coming out, you know? But thank you everyone for joining. It really means a lot. Please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. You can also obviously message me on Instagram. Sometimes if I don't reply to an email or anything like that, just message me on Instagram. I reply pretty quickly there. And I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend ahead. And I'll see you next time. Bye.